0: Conservative, constitutional. It's the Andrew Cooper Writer Show, keeping you informed on what's going on right here in Kentucky. And welcome to a wonderful Wednesday here on the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. Of course, I'm your host, Andrew Cooper Writer. And some of you tuning in, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, I've been saying, Andrew, where have your shows been? But those of you listening on the podcast format, or those of you tuning into WZXI at 9am Monday through Friday, you're not asking that question because you have been treated to new shows every single day, Monday through Friday. And so that's what I have to say to you video listeners. You better be following me on podcasting platforms like Spotify, iHeart, Um, Amazon, Apple, so on and so forth, wherever you listen to your podcast or listening to me on WZXI Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. If you want to catch episodes every single day, but I will still put out an occasional video episode once or twice a week for your viewing pleasure because I I, I know you all want to see just how beautiful this face has gotten. But Welcome, everybody, to The Andrew Cooper Rider Show. Of course, I'm your host, Andrew Cooper Writer. Today, we've got a big show for you. But starting us off, uh, the other night there, I went out to dinner with some friends of mine, and it was a, a fairly nice restaurant. We went to Malone's, uh, obviously not the nicest restaurant in town, but a pretty nice restaurant. Certainly has gone up in price, too, I tell you that much. Um, gone up in price, and uh, you know, and it's right next to a Drakes, and 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 the parking lot's of course very full. You got the Harry's, the Drakes, the Malones, few other restaurants, very full, very hard to find a parking spot. Despite the fact that when you went inside, the restaurant wasn't at complete capacity. Nobody was waiting for a table. At least, uh, you know, everybody was waved right in. We were waved right in. So. That leaves you to wonder why is it so hard to find a parking spot? And then you look around and and at this particular Malone's location, they have over a dozen spots set aside for carryout. That exactly one person was in, and this was at like six thirty, seven o'clock prime dinner time, prime time that you'd be picking up dinner. And so I I, I lament, lamented on Twitter on Facebook. About how this holdover from COVID air, because of course there was carryout spots before COVID, but there wasn't where an entire parking lot was being taken up by spots of of mobile order and carryout spots. Meanwhile, the customers who were coming in to eat being left with nowhere to park. That just that wasn't as common. But this this weird carryover, this thing that they won't let die. So many spots uh, set aside for carryout has certainly become an annoyance and a reminder of just how annoying the COVID lockdowns were as well as tyrannical. So I posted about that online and you would think that it is mid-pandemic and people are dying left and right, just left and right with the responses I got because I tell you what, the lefties were on there all about how uh, they were glad for shutdowns, glad for lockdowns and how it saved people's lives. And that is despite the fact that there have been numerous studies pointing at just how useless all these mandates and measures were. I mean, still in the year 2024, they believe that shutting down restaurants, wearing masks, unemploying half the workforce in Kentucky, nutted out to saving lives, was a net positive that it saved even one life by doing so and didn't end up costing lives of many, many others. Something that by the way, not a single study backs up. I'm not kidding. I went on before I recorded this show. I went on and I Googled study that says lockdown saved lives, that that COVID lockdown saved lives. That's what I searched. And the first result was an NIH published study that says that they didn't, there is not a study in this modern age that has been out since Uh, kind of the COVID hysteria has ended, to point to anything that they did actually saved lives. That's, That's how you know it didn't. But of course, anybody paying attention at the time, anybody with common sense, anybody who hasn't given up their ability to critically think to an expert class would know this. And this just goes to point out the kind of the information wars going on. These people, and this is something to know for politics, they latch onto the first piece of information they get and they will continue to believe that, even if the same people who told it to them, just less, less loud, quietly, more quietly, retract that very same thing. You know, there are still people out there that believe there's like things like a Donald Trump pee tape, for an example, despite the fact that that was proven to be a Clinton campaign disinformation. Uh, a nothing. They, 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 there's people out there that still think he's a, he's a Russian agent. Despite that being disproven, there's people out here that, despite all the facts coming into the E. Jean Carroll case, think Trump actually raped E. Jean Carroll when even the judge themselves said, well, he didn't legally rape her. But, you know, people latch on to that first piece of information, even if it's retracted. But I think what is the bigger problem here is we're giving up our common sense so much to these people. I mean, if you critically thought during COVID at all, you, you might have thought, how could a $1 bandana from the dollar store that I shove into my pocket all day long and then pull out and put on my face and breathe through, filter my air through? How is that good for my health? How is that that uh, I need to wear a mask walking into a restaurant, but the moment sit down, I don't need to? How is it that I can't go out to eat, but I could go eat popcorn in a movie theater? I couldn't eat inside, but I could eat outside in an inside, outside closed off tent. I could eat inside, but only if the windows were open, no matter how far away from the windows I sat. I mean, a moment of critical thinking and common sense would have immediately let people know and and led people to ask some questions. But we've left off all common sense behind our critical thinking. It's left people blind to seeing the agenda and influence right before them. These same people commenting over and over on Twitter about how they're so glad for lockdowns, how it saved lives, and how everyone needs to be getting 30 boosters, they've lost the ability to think for themselves. They take everything at face value as long as somebody who's been approved by the media is the one saying it. As long as it's somebody who's promising to take care of them, not promising them freedom or liberty because that means you got to work hard. Freedom and liberty means difficulties. It means that if you have the freedom to choose, you could choose wrong. They don't want that. They, they want an easy life. And so therefore, not only do they have to continue to follow information that has long since be debunked, but they have to attack and tear down, uh, just even on a personal level, anybody who speaks differently. They'll say, you need to have an expert level of information on anything to be able to have an opinion on it. Something that affects your everyday life in order for you to have an opinion on it. You have to be an expert. Otherwise, you're to do whatever you're told. You know, the same people that sit there and talk about DEI and and, and how we need to love everybody and don't spread hate will sit there and say, oh, Andrew, he's fat, stupid, not an expert. He doesn't know what he's doing. But that's because they immediately need to discredit a thought that challenges them to actually think for themselves. They'll ask for your credentials. They'll try to minimize what you're saying, but at the end of the day, it's because they're afraid of liberty. They're afraid of freedom. They're afraid of making a decision because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of taking accountability for their own actions. And so they've rendered their thought faculties They've farmed it out to somebody else, so-called experts, experts with an obvious agenda, experts who've been indoctrinated to think that common sense can't be the truth because if common sense was accurate, well, then you wouldn't need an expert. So of course, they have to challenge what you would think of as natural thought. And this infects our culture in many ways. And we just saw a jury verdict out of Frankfurt on SB 150 from 2023 that points to just the ramifications of this, how it can infect and how it can destroy and how it renders our our, our citizenship here in Kentucky and in the nation to be nothing but a bunch of sheep to be led around that can't think for themselves and are afraid to and will actually attack others. That try to point them in a direction of independent thought. But we'll be going over that after this short break. You're listening to The Andrew Cooperator Show, your source for Kentucky politics. And you are back with The Andrew Cooperator Show. Want to reach out to the show? Feel free to email info at theandrewshow.com. Out of Frankfurt, we've recently had a jury verdict come down on individuals who uh, were arrested in the Capitol in 2023 for their actions taken to impede. uh, the house from passing senate bill 150 you may remember senate bill 150 gets a lot of conversation senate bill 150 of course was taking aim at a lot of the trans craziness we're just in the last segment talking about common sense taking an aim at challenging people to think critically again because remember this this idea this loss of faculty this inability to think for yourself and to farm out to an expert class in order for that expert class to find themselves useful, they have to tell you your common sense is wrong. They're forced to. In order to do that, well, that's what brought about Senate Bill 150, a bill that says it is illegal for you to chop off the genitalia of minors to remove healthy uh, uh, breast tissue from a minor in, in an attempt to change their gender. A bill that says you can't chemically castrate kids. A bill that says the common sense of you can't pause puberty and nothing bad will happen. I mean, I, this is the kind of craziness we see. These people think if you chemically pause puberty, nothing bad will happen. You can just start it up again, you silly duck. We can just bump you for chemicals. And then if we take you off of them, nothing bad will happen. We didn't change your body's chemistry at all. You're not an expert. What do you got there? Common sense. Put that away. You can't be using that here. Well, these people lost their mind. You know, the same people and, and, and or they lost their mind a long time ago, but in in their commitment to not thinking for themselves and their commitment to the belief that they need to be removing and changing the genders of minors and their belief that, you know, these are the same people that think proper mental health care is shoving a sock down in kid's pants. I mean, they, they really believe, and you'll hear here in the chants, and this is important, their entire, the, the reason their savagery came out on this issue is because they believe that if you're not able to chop the genitalia off minors, if you're not able to remove breasts off little girls, if you're not able to chemically castrate minors, if you're not able to do that, well, then they're going to kill themselves and you're killing people by not allowing them to do that. What kind of common sense is that? You know, in a world where we've gotten more and more crazy, we live in a world where common sense of, Hey, like if somebody's going to kill themselves, if we don't chop their thing off, maybe they're not mentally well. And instead of chopping their thing off, we should like treat their mental illness, but no, 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 that's too much common sense. You're not allowed to do that. So they uh some members were arrested we have some video for that last year some members of this protest group i'm going to go ahead and play that for you now uh watch now for those of you listening to the audio only format um I can tell you that the vast majority of those people did not look mentally uh, stable, of course. Think of any screaming leftist, that's what they look like. You know, multicolored hair, uh, uh, you know, funky haircuts. I mean, just looks like a real crop of losers. Nobody you would ever wanna hire for a single professional job. Nobody you'd ever want to actually represent you. They all seem to look the same, other than one guy. I do wanna point out one guy, that's this guy here. Um, For those of you, uh, only listening to this, he's, he's dressed in a fairly normal outfit, a button-up shirt. Uh, he's a bigger guy. Um, and by that, I mean, he's just physically bigger. He's just taller, he's wider. I wouldn't call him particularly hefty or anything. I mean, he's you know like the rest of us, could stand and lose a few pounds, but nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing I would, I, would, I would describe him as fat, but he's a bigger guy, but he's dressed very nice, nice button-up shirt. And so, I mean, that's led me to ask the question, uh, I'm just assuming, I just want to know where this guy is. Feel free to reach out to the show, info at theandrewshow.com. I want to know if you ended up being able to hook up with that leftist girl you're trying to. Because that's clearly what's going on there. He's the only normal looking guy amongst the bunch. I mean, he he, he if you watch the chant, he, he clearly only knows half the chant. But the half he knows, he's yelling very loudly because he wants to know. He wants the the girl he's trying to hook up with to know that he is very passionate about this issue. I just want to know if he got it done. That's all I want to know. I want to know if it was worth it. You know, was getting arrested worth it? I, you know, I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Well, anyways. uh, So these people, of course, ended up getting arrested and charged with trespass. Because, uh, of course, you know, you're allowed to, protest all you want to out in the rotunda, outside, outside of the chamber, but you can't, uh, uh protest your protests and your first amendment, right? Does not uh, extend to you being able to actually stop the function of government. You don't get a heckler's veto. In the House and Senate chambers. I mean, imagine, you know, the the House and Senate them passing a bill is exactly the same. It's a it's an official government proceeding exactly the same way that a court proceeding was. And imagine a court proceeding where they're they're trying to move forward with a criminal case or a civil case and there's chanting going on in the courtroom. I mean, you just couldn't function as government if you allowed that to happen. And so these people, the minute they started shouting, were told to stop, and they refused to. They locked arms, and they continued along this line. So they ended up getting arrested by KSP. You see them there in the video, arresting them. And they were charged with trespass. Now, you may remember uh, here fairly recently in the last few years that a group of uh, political people who were upset— about something going on in government, uh, that went into the, um, Capitol grounds into a, a, a congressional building, not state, but at federal level in order to protest, uh, the vast majority of them I'm not saying some of them weren't, weren't dangerous or violent, but in order to protest, uh, a, a, government proceeding that was going on. And if you you remember, they didn't even actually go into most of them, didn't even go into the chamber itself. And the proceeding was paused and moved away. Uh, But they did not, uh, they they, they took issue with it. You may remember this. It happened on January 6th, 2021. And you may remember that the people that are being arrested and charged in this situation are not just being charged with trespass. A lot of them are being charged with impending an official or, or uh, affecting the official proceeding. But even those being charged with trespass, well, they're getting some pretty lengthy jail time and pretty huge fines. So you'd imagine that if all things were equal, if we really have a standard that says, look, you can't in anyway, Remember, these people weren't even in the chamber, the vast majority of them. Uh, these people in Frankfurt, they were in the chamber started chanting. Uh, and were pulled out. So, you know, if you show up to a building and you protest and somehow you impede uh, the goings on in government at the federal level, you're looking at years in jail, tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees and costs and fines. But if you do that in Frankfurt, apparently you get fined $1, that's right. So this individual, the first of these uh, dozens of individuals that were arrested for obstructing the chamber processes that were charged with trespass. Um, The first of them were found guilty by jury trial. Normally this gets, of course, finished in kind of a discussion. It it typically doesn't go to jury trials. There's a fine or basics or what have you, but they decided to take it all the way, trying to argue their first amendment right. And, And as I said, you don't get a heckler's veto. And they were fined $1 plus uh, $155 in court fees. $1, that's all they were fined. We are truly not a serious people anymore. We don't care about our society, clearly. We clearly think that our society doesn't deserve to continue to survive. Because you have people attempting to put in place a heckler's veto because they want to (laughs) chop body parts off minors as mental health care. And we're like, ah, well, if you give me a dollar, I'll say it's okay if you interrupt it. I mean, you're only encouraging this kind of behavior. I guarantee you that you will see more arrests now this year, more law enforcement putting themselves in difficult situations in Frankfurt because of this, because when you see the school choice votes or some other votes happen, you're going to see large amounts of people locking arms and changing in the chamber because they're going to say, what am I going to get a dollar? $156 $156 fine total, $1 by the jury, and then $155 elsewhere. You can't operate that way. As I said, you can sit outside in the rotunda. You want to chant? You can you can yell your heads off outside, but you're, we don't allow this heckler veto to run our government. And I get it. They think they're standing for what's right, and to them it's civil disobedience. And the thing I've been known to partake into as well, when I think government is functioning in a way, and overreaching or tyrannical way, but this wraps around to my first point. We got to have some common sense back in this state. We got people fighting to be allowed to operate their business as they've done for literally decades. People like me that took a stand through civil disobedience. And the same people that want to say it's okay to break the law as long as you're standing for chopping body parts off minors, chemically casting them, pausing puberty, pumping them for full of chemicals shoving socks down little girl's pants and calling it mental health care. If you're doing that, though, and if that's what you're standing for, not your ability to operate your business as you see fit, not the ability for people to freely choose whether or not they want to go to your business, but in order for that, well, that's worth standing and having civil civil disobedience for. That's worth applauding. This is a culture that wants to see. Itself destroyed clearly. Clearly. I, I, I've got no other way of looking at it. Well, coming up after this, Whitney Westerfield has filed his car bill, Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act bill, red flag law here in Kentucky. You may remember that big hearing that a lot of us went to. If you listen to the show, you know I was pushing uh, people to attend heavily. Up there in Frankfurt in December. Well, he has filed the official version of that bill. We're going to take a look at that and discuss whether or not it has legs, what it means to the future of Kentucky after this short break. You're listening to the Andrew Cooperator Show. Want to reach out to the show or learn more about it? Feel free to visit theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's theandrewshow.com. And welcome everybody back to the Andrew Cooperator Show. Of course, your source for Kentucky politics from a constitutional and conservative perspective. Well, it's been filed. Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act CAR. Senator Whitney Westerfield has filed his pile of turd bill, red flag law for here in Kentucky. Long-term listeners will know, long-time listeners will know that we covered this uh, process, what he had said about it leading up to that hearing back in December And he had mentioned he was looking at filing some different types. He didn't know exactly what he wanted to file, but he wanted to have this hearing to start the dialogue. And so he did file a bill, and we were able to take a look at it. And let me tell you, uh, Winnie Westerfield is lucky. He is lucky that lying or being uh, just an outright idiot in a committee hearing isn't illegal because everything he said that this bill wouldn't be it is it's literally everything he said it wouldn't be he said uh, i mean just go into um just go into the very nature of the bill so you may remember he opened this bill up saying it will be completely different than all other red flag laws you know if you attended the hearing you saw people wearing shirts that said common ground for the commonwealth in fact, that's why he named it Crisis Aversion Rights Retention, because the bill would be somehow about retaining rights. He said, you need to keep an open mind because it, it, it's, it's substantially different. Now, of course, he ran up against a very huge problem. How can you be retaining a person's rights while seizing their Second Amendment right, taking away their right to own firearms without them having been even accused of committing a crime. You can't do it and call yourself retaining rights. And that's why he ended up having to file what is basically a completely different bill than what he said it would be, Uh, a bill that is just like all other red flag laws. And people shouldn't have kept an open mind. It's exactly what you thought it would be. Now, he said it would retain rights of people, uh, but he ran up against some facts here. Some, some hard facts. So first, he claimed uh, instead of just taking away someone's guns, just right off the bat. So current red flag laws in most states, secretly a meeting and hearing is held, and then they go ahead and decide to go ahead and just seize your guns. So he said that he wanted to retain the rights. So he wanted to maybe have an emergency hearing before The guns were taken. He pitched some idea that, well, police officers would show up at your home or you would be served saying you have to come to court in just a few hours in order to argue that you should be able to keep your guns before uh, a pre-hearing kind of too as well because it wouldn't be the official defense hearing. Just you would show up there to argue that you should be able to keep your guns. You shouldn't have your guns taken away. If you failed, they'd come collect your guns and then there'd be another hearing afterwards to actually determine the final decision. This was just the initial seizure decision-making. But he ran up against some hard facts that basically if somebody shows up at your home and tells you, we think you're a threat to yourself so therefore we're going to seize your guns you and and we're going to let you keep them but you need to come see us up at the courthouse in two three hours or so well that right there is the test to tell you you shouldn't be taking away the person's guns i mean if if you actually believe this in this kind of thing you would have to say that the kinds of people that would show up to this hearing And wouldn't kill themselves or kill others between that time and the hearing are exactly the kind of people that should be able to keep their guns. I mean, the hearing would essentially be, oh, you turned up? Well, that's it. That was the test. You get to go ahead and keep them. You turned up. Clearly, you're not that mentally unstable or you wouldn't have been here. So clearly, he couldn't do that. So he had to do what all other red flag laws do, and that is that a law enforcement person, when asked by an interested party, but just a, a peace officer, but not constables, because, of course, they, Whitney Westfield doesn't like constables, so we can't give them this power. But basically, any other police officer could go to the courts and say, look, we want to file for uh, seizing this person's guns. And then a judge would hear the quote unquote evidence, I guess, from that police officer, because it has to be an officer that's petitioning the courts. And then, if it was decided that they could go ahead and take that person's guns, an order would be issued, and then the police officer would go out there and seize the guns. But that was before a person could defend themselves. So, meanwhile, the person they're taking the guns from has absolutely no clue that this hearing is going on their rights and their ability to retain them are being decided without even them having the ability to represent themselves you know people talk a lot about due process but that's a big problem with all of this right there if you care at all about due process if you care at all about being able to to defend yourself in the court of law the fact that they could take away one of your key constitutional rights the second one your right to defense, the right to not have to rely on the government to protect yourself and your family. The fact that that could be taken away from you and you don't even get to defend yourself before it's decided raises a lot of due process questions, but every red flag law has to be that way because the only other option is you let a person know ahead of time, you're going to be taking their guns. And if they pass that test, you shouldn't have been taking their guns in the first place. So it's laughable and he's a liar when he says that this retain rights. I mean, the entire name, Crisis Aversion Rights Retention, or CAR, flies completely in the face of this very provision. So he claimed that instead of just taking someone's guns away, they'd have a hearing, that was wrong, that was flawed, he's a liar. On top of that, he's not a good person. I mean, he's just a dirty, dirty liar. And Whitney Westerfield, Senator Westerfield, is not physically, he's not a good person. I could point to many other things like him trying to get a child rapist's uh, sentence commuted when Bevin was in office. I could point to that and point to you that he just morally speaking isn't a good person. I could, I could point to many of things he sponsored and done. But even just within this bill right here, the fact that you would have this kind of contempt tells me you're not a good person. And I know people, they're like, Andrew, you're being a little over the top here. But we've got to start taking this seriously. We've got to start taking these kinds of affronts to our rights that we say and we believe as this country are guaranteed to us by God. Seriously, or we're going to lose them. And we start by being a little more serious about what we think about those who would seek to put their boot on our neck. And take away the rights because they believe that we're here to serve the government they are not good people they're not so that's one way that we know that this bill went in a completely different direction than he claimed it would that you're taking the guns away without them being able to do that so What's the bill now say? Well, what happens is, is the courts, uh, they meet, they decide to take away your guns or not. Law enforcement comes out and seizes your guns. We'll dig into that process here in a little bit. But uh, then you have six business days uh, in order to mount a defense and prove a positive. Because remember, you're not being accused of a crime, so it's not like you can present evidence of an alibi or something. Basically, you have a person saying that, oh no, this person's crazy. And you're sitting there saying, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, your only other option is, is you go and see a, a therapist or a counselor of some sort to write up something for the court I mean, it's it's literally over the course of six days, you just had your gun seized from you. You're dealing with this, this entire court process. You have that anxiety going on. I mean, you're literally being told you legally shouldn't be allowed to own guns because you're so mentally unwell. Even those of us in completely neutral and fantastic mental condition would be having anxiety. That'd be a very stressful time. And that'd be the last time you want to talk to a counselor <laughs> who's deciding whether or not you are crazy when you're being put under this kind of stress and situation. But that's what you'd end up having to do. You would have to be mounting a defense after six business days to prove a positive. You're not being accused of a crime. What is your evidence? You just saying I'm not crazy? That's all you can say to defend yourself. But that doesn't even go into one of the most egregious ways that Senator field showed us that he was a dirty, dirty liar. We'll be going over that after this short break. You're listening to the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. And you are back with the Andrew Cooperwriter Show, your source for Kentucky politics. For the break, we're going over Crisis Aversion Rights Retention Act, Whitney Westfield's red flag gun law and how he's a dirty rotten liar because everything that he promised this bill wouldn't be it is. Uh, we went over first the process of taking the guns or, or of requesting Somebody have their guns taken away. Now let's go over the process of how they actually do it, right? So, when he was asked, he was asked specifically a few things. He said, first, how do we actually execute this without encroaching on other people's rights? Without, with it with without not just the person who we're claiming is too crazy to own guns, but literally everybody else in the household. How do you do it? Because you know remember like, so like I own guns, but so does my wife or if I was living with my father and he had his guns taken away, now would mine go away as well? I mean, you're not just taking uh, you're not just talking about guns being taken away from the constitutional rights of someone who, who isn't being accused of a crime, but now you're talking about taking away the constitutional rights of people that not only are they not being accused of the crime, but they don't even have the ability to defu- to defend or earn back quote unquote, their right to own a gun because you have no way of defending. Because follow me, if you're taking away guns that are just in the household at all and you're taking away constitutional rights of everybody in the household, their ability to get that back is going to depend upon whether or not the person, in this case, would say for an example, my father or somebody else in the household, can accurately and able to defend themselves in court saying that they are mentally well. And my rights are now based upon that. I have no say. I, 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 you're not just taking away my rights without being accused of a crime. You're taking away my rights without me being accused of crime, and without me being able to even defend it, because I'm being wrapped up in somebody else's problems. And so Whitney was asked about that, and he was also asked about, well, how do you even take the guns then? Without taking somebody else's guns, without tearing through their house, without opening safes, without going through barns, without violating not just their Second Amendment right now, but their right uh, to not be subjected to a legal search and seizure without proper warrants. And he said, look, it would be on an honor system, which was met with laughter from just about everybody in the building, because, of course, that is crazy, because just like in the first way, where, where I was talking about, where they wanted to take guns but give you a warning first, and then you could show up to a hearing and argue, and the fact that you show up to the hearing is point proof positive that they shouldn't be taking the guns in the first place. The fact that you would honor <laughs> an honor system's request for you to turn over all guns would be in and of itself a test to prove that you're not crazy and should be allowed to own guns. It's it, it's it's this weird kind of, you know, proof. It's it's just the other side of the coin here. If you're the type of person to honor an honor system, then you're the type of person that shouldn't have their guns taken away period. And so you have to go farther than what Whitney was talking about. You have to, you have no choice. Because there's no way you can respect all these other rights and make this as as nice sounding as possible without encroaching on many other people's rights in the process. So he said there'd be no search and seizure. There'd be no warrants. There'd be none of that. It would be an honor system. They just turn over the guns they have. Well, surprise, surprise, Whitney Westfield is a dirty, rotten liar because, uh, well, like I said, he's just not a good person. He's clear contempt for your constitutional rights. Tells you at the core, they're not a good person. So how did he lie? Well, first to the point it's not taking away anybody else's guns in the house, the bill says specifically, upon service of the summons and order upon the respondent, the law enforcement officer shall take custody of all firearms in the possession, custody, or control of the respondent. Not firearms owned by the respondent, but any firearm in the home that they can get to. Not only that, they say in the control, basically that they have access to, can this be construed to mean as well that the respondent's neighbor's house, if the respondent has a key to it and there's guns in it, can you now take away the neighbor's house's guns? What about the adult child's house? What if, what if and they say that uh, the person should, should give up these guns. Well, they knock on the door and they're taking guns away from the house. Okay, because I'll go into the process of actually taking them away. But if we are following a, a honor system Well, what's to stop these people from turning over guns that don't even belong to them? So, of course, they couldn't say that because now the police are, are part of a theft here. So then they have to say, well, okay, so it's just anything they have control of. Well, does that mean the neighbor? Does that mean the kid's house? Does that mean the parent's house if it's an adult child? Does that mean their adult child's house? Now, everybody's homes that they possibly could get into, my dad has a key to my house. We have a key to my friend's house. If there's a red flag law called on me, I also have access to my parents' home. If there's a red flag called on me, can now they get into my parents' house, my friend's house, my house, and take all the guns in the home? Is that what they're supposed to do? I have I've potentially ability to get a hold of them. If I really wanted to kill myself, or if I really wanted to commit a mass shooting, I, I have many places where I can go get guns to do it that aren't in my home. It says, possession, custody, or control. Not firearms disowned by them. So could it be construed that way? Possibly. Now, as far as the search of the home, to make sure you turn over all the guns, let's look at what the bill says. It says the law enforcement officer shall not enter the home or interior premises occupied by the respondent, unless specifically requested to do so by the respondent for the sole purpose of collecting the firearms if the respondent is unable to surrender the firearms without the requested assistance unless the officer has an independent lawful basis to enter based upon exigent circumstances or is authorized by a search warrant issued by the court of competent jurisdiction. Now remember, when this gun seizure is being taken place, the very nature of, so you may say, well, Andrew, no, they're saying you can't enter the home unless you have a search warrant. But I wanna remind you of something here, that if you're being accused of a crime, a crime that you could be punished for greater than one year or as a violent crime or domestic violence crime, the government already has a way to take away guns from people being accused of that. And remember that if you're coming under a car investigation, that is not a criminal procedure. Nowhere in the bill does it say a search warrant cannot be issued for car. No, the bill actually leaves the door open for this. So with a car order, in order to seize the guns, the judge can just as easily issue a search warrant for the property. So he's a liar when he says that this would just be an honor system and police wouldn't be rifling through the homes, busting open safes, taking every gun in the house. That's a lie. The bill absolutely allows for it. It basically calls for it, it kinda has to. Because once again, if they're the type of person just turn over guns, you shouldn't have been taking them from them in the first place, right? So does this bill have legs? Is it gonna pass? Well, not this time. I don't think so. They say it's dead. But there are some worrying signs about this bill that passing could happen into the future. If we rewind to 2019, we see that Julie Rocky Adams-sponsored Republican sponsored a red flag law. And Julie Rocky Adams is, according to many sources, the next in line to take over as, as floor leader in the Senate. And who was also at the press conference now this year was David Givens, President Pro Tem the second in command and our state Senate. And when asked if he supported the bill, he didn't say, uh, no. He said, I'm leaning heavily into the conversation. David, you need to be leaning heavily out of the conversation. You need to be running away from that conversation with your hair on fire. Look, there's no way to do this without violating many, many basic covenants of our constitution and the pack between the people and the government that is outlined within it. It's gone. You can't do it. Unless, of course, you just don't believe in gun ownership in the first place, which isn't actually, you don't think it's actually a right, which I would challenge you then to take the R away from your name, David, and Julie Rocky Adams and Whitney Westerfield, because this is from our platform, the platform you say you support. We uphold the right of individuals to keep and bear arms, a natural and inalienable right that predates the Constitution and is secured by the Second Amendment. Lawful gun ownership enables Americans to excise their God-given right of self-defense for the safety of their homes, their loved ones, and their communities. We oppose ill-conceived laws that would restrict magazine capacity or the ban of the sale of most popular and common modern rifle. We also oppose any efforts to deprive individuals of their right to keep and bear arms without due process of law. That is from the Republican Party platform, which you say you support. Republican my butt. Well, y'all, that's what we got time for today on the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. Thank you all so, so much for joining me. We'll be back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Remember, if you're watching this in video format, head on over to the podcast format. Make sure you're catching every episode every day or listen to it on WZXI.